Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. I appreciate uh, the people who work in all of our children's ministries. On Thursday night, we have... uh, People working in Awana. This is the first year that I haven't been working in Awana for a very long time. And uh, but we have a lot of folks who serve in that ministry. And then on Sundays during the Bible classes, we have uh, teachers in all the kids' ages. And right now we have uh, those teaching the younger kids. And it's such a blessing to have people who love and care for other people's kids too, not just their own. So praise the Lord for that. Well, you see on the screen, we're going to be going to Colossians 4, but I don't want to start there. I want to start in Acts chapter 11. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through a little bit of early church history. Uh, The book of Acts is the transition from the Gospels and the life of Christ to the epistles and the instruction for the churches. And Acts is where the churches get started, where they figure some things out. There's some points in Acts where they're, they're not sure what to do. And so they gather together, they meet, and they pray, and the Holy Spirit directs them. And then they know what direction to go, and they all move in that direction. Uh, but we're going to walk through the two people's lives. Um, uh, in Acts chapter 11, we'll be there in just a moment. But uh, on the screen, the title is Mark, Demas, and Our Natural Prejudices. Now, Mark is also called John, not John the Apostle, uh, but uh, John uh, Mark. His surname was Mark. So he was John Mark, and sometimes he's called John, and sometimes he's called Mark. Uh, but it's always different than the Apostle John who wrote uh, the Gospel of John and also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Uh, But then uh, Demas is another guy who served with Paul. And so we're going to look at Mark's life and his failure and his coming back to Christ and Demas's life and his failure, and and we're going to learn from that and think about our natural prejudices. Now, some people are prejudiced for a lot of different reasons. Like, I am really offended by Dan Weber's tie. (laughs) He is wearing a New England Patriots tie in our church. Oh, pray for him, would you pray? No. Now, listen, we can get, people get seriously upset about all kinds of things. I know people who, they get offended if you offer them Chinese food. And really weird, I know somebody who doesn't like Mexican food. That just is unspiritual. That, uh, but there's all kinds of things that people are biased about and people have prejudices about. Uh, but this morning, we're going to look at the prejudice toward those who are serving God, but they maybe think and act a little bit differently than you do. And we need to realize that we need to love and care for people. And God brings people into our lives and they're different than you are. Do you know why they're different than you are? Because they're normal and you're not. No, no, the truth is they're different than you because by God's design, every single person is different. I've known identical twins and their personalities were not at all identical. 
God creates each person uniquely. He gives spiritual gifts and he withholds spiritual gifts. He gives you some of them, but not all of them. The only person that ever walked on planet earth who had the fullness of the spirit inside of him was Jesus Christ. Everybody else has some spiritual gifts and some they don't have. So they fit together and they work together and they labor together and God is blessed. Uh, So we want to overcome some of what might be natural prejudices and we want to focus on what God's spirit is teaching us through the lives of Mark and Demas. Heavenly Father, we pray as we open your word, as we read the scripture, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. I pray that you would help people to be attentive, not necessarily to my words, but to the Holy Spirit speaking in their heart. I pray that they would listen and learn. And Lord, it's so easy to be distracted by the cares of this life. Help us to focus on your truth, to learn from your word, to be encouraged as we walk a life of faith following you. I pray that you would uh, just be honored and glorified by the thoughts that we think as we listen to this message and by the actions that we take in response to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look first in Acts chapter 11, and I want you to look down in verse 29. Acts chapter 11 and verse 29. Now, Uh, Then it says, Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now Saul is the same guy who becomes Paul. Uh, He goes by a different name. Saul was the big guy. He was focusing on himself. He was a, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee. And then he changed his name to Paul, kind of the Hebrew version, the Greek version. But Paul means the little guy. He wasn't focused on himself. He was now focused on Christ. So we're going to see in these passages today how he starts out getting called Saul, but then he starts getting called Paul and he's called Paul for the rest of his life. And the books that he's written in the New Testament, uh, they are written by the Apostle Paul because he was going by the name Paul before those books were written. So there's a famine in the land. And as a result of that famine, uh, then people are uh, taking up a love offering and they're sending it. Uh, We do that sometimes. We have special offerings for certain things. And a couple years ago, uh, a ministry that we support in India was uh, facing the government restriction on receiving funds from overseas. And so we took up a special offering and we sent our full year support all at one time. And they got a really big check from us that was a blessing of thousands of dollars they could use for their work. And God has used that and blessed that. And then, uh, but we, we do, we support a community action fund here in town that helps people who are struggling and provides for them. And they, it's coordinated here uh, through CARA and, and they help families. And uh, so it's good for us to give to help people in need. And that's what the church was doing. They were taking in money and they were sending it to Jerusalem because there was a famine in that area. And the people that were trying to follow the Lord were really struggling. So they were supporting their brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Now, it's important for this morning to think about that because that's how Saul and Barnabas met John Mark. Well, Barnabas already knew him because they were family, but, but that's how Saul met John Mark. And we're going to see that in verse uh, chapter 12. Uh, chapter 12 and verse 25. Chapter 12 and verse 25, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. They were ministering in Antioch. Then they went to Jerusalem to deliver that offering. Uh, isn't it nice uh, that we can send our offering uh, to our missionaries? We just electronically transfer the funds and we don't have to you know, put Dennis on a plane and send him to India to deliver it there, although Dennis would think that was totally cool and he would love to do that. Uh, but it's all the money we get send to him gets to get delivered there. We don't have to pay for airfare and travel and customs and all of that. So uh, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So uh, John went with them when they were in Jerusalem. They came to the church. They gave him a report, and then they headed back to Antioch, and John Mark went with them. And then in Acts 13, the Holy Spirit is now calling Barnabas and Saul uh, to be missionaries, to go reach other people with the gospel of Christ. So in, uh, in uh, chapter 13, uh, look first in verse number 2. The church was ministering to the Lord and fasting. Then the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So they, having fasted and prayed, laid hands on them and sent them away. So Barnabas and Saul are now going to be the first missionaries sent out from the first church in Jerusalem. So, or now in Antioch, sorry, they were sent Barnabas was sent from Jerusalem to Antioch, and now Barnabas and Saul are going to be sent from Antioch out to other lands to share the gospel. Verse 4, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, and when they arrived in Salamis, a city in Cyprus, um, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. So, they were going on this trip, and John Mark was going with them. John Mark was traveling with them. Now, when you traveled in that day, they didn't have hotels to stay in. They didn't have fast food to grab along the way. So the assistant's job was to make it easier for the guys who were going to preach and teach. If you read through the, the Gospels in the life of Jesus... When Jesus and his disciples were traveling and ministering, there were women who traveled with them who took care of the food and lodging arrangements for them. And they supplied the ministry so the guys could just focus on preaching and teaching and ministering to people. And so John Mark's going to go and he's going to be uh, their assistant. He's going to help arrange lodging. He's going to help arrange meals for them. He's going to serve. Now, when you traveled in that culture, it was essential that you had somebody who did that role. So they had to have somebody, and the somebody they had was John Mark. But things changed a little bit after they got there and they were serving. Uh, look down in verse 13, Acts 13, 13. Now, always before it said Barnabas and 
Saul. But now what does it say in Acts 13? Paul and his entourage. When Paul and his party, Paul and his people, it doesn't say even Paul and Barnabas. So when John Mark signed on, he's a nephew to Barnabas. Maybe he just wanted to go with Uncle Barnabas on this trip and help out. And now Saul, Paul, has taken the lead. And so his uncle's in a lesser role. And maybe he doesn't like Paul as much. We don't know why, but something happens. It says, the verse continues, uh, Paul and his party set sail from Paphos. They left Crete and went north to Perga in Pamphylia, and then John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So John Mark left them. The guy who was responsible to take care of the necessary travel, he just stopped working. He left. He quit. He went back home to mama, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Now, he he saw some scary things on the island of Cyprus, uh, but he didn't The Bible doesn't say why he left. It just says that he left. Now, uh, Paul had a problem with that. Um, And so we we read about that later on. If you jump over in Acts 15, uh, we pick up the story of them. And Acts 15 is the Jerusalem council. Uh, Paul and Barnabas had gone on their journey and they had finished their journey, and they had gone back to Antioch, and, and now there's people stirring things up and saying, in order to really be a Christian, you have to also convert to Judaism and uh, be circumcised and follow all the Jewish rituals. And Paul and Barnabas are saying, no, you believe on and trust in Jesus Christ. That's how I got saved. If you're saved here today, that's how you got saved. That's the only way to get saved, to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. And so the Judaizers wanted to to dominate and make everybody Jewish, and they didn't like having Gentile believers in the church. And so they gathered together in Jerusalem, and they all talked it over, and they prayed about it, and they sought God's leading, and they said, you know what? It's very clear that the only way of salvation is believing and trusting in Jesus Christ, and that's it. You do not have to convert to Judaism. And so they established that. That's why in our church, we don't have the rituals that they had in the Jewish synagogues and in the temple, because we don't, we're not required to do that. And they affirm that leading from the Holy Spirit. And then Barnabas and Saul went back, or Barnabas and Paul, they went back to Antioch, and they had a couple of guys go with them. Ah, Acts 15. And uh, so uh, in uh, verse 32, Judas and Silas, obviously a different Judas than Judas Iscariot. He's long since dead by this point. Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets also, escorted and strengthened the brethren, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. After that, they had stayed a while. They were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. And Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch teaching. So now we meet Silas. And Silas and Barnabas and Paul are part of the teaching team there in Antioch. 
they're teaching God's word, they're ministering, they're communicating God's truths, and, and people are growing and people are learning. And then verse 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. He wants to go back. He wants to minister. He wants to encourage them. He wants to make sure they're still following God. Verse 37. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Now what does it mean that he was determined? He had made a decision. He would not go unless he could take John Mark. He was going to take John Mark with him, and that was that. That was Barnabas's opinion. Now, Paul had a different opinion. Verse 38, Paul insisted they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And the contention became so sharp that they separated. And Barnabas eventually took John Mark and they went to Cyprus, and they connected with the believers on that island. And then Paul took Silas, and they went to the other region. When they traveled from Cyprus and went north, they went into Pamphylia. So Paul and Silas went into that area. So there was this contention between Barnabas and Paul. Now, it doesn't say they had a big fight. It doesn't say that it came to blows. Have you ever been in a church business meeting where people started yelling at each other? Yeah, you know, I've been in a meeting like that, thankful not as a, thankfully not as a pastor, but I've been in a meeting like that. Of course, it was a church in Texas, you know, them's fighting people there. Uh, but, but, you know, sometimes people get angry. And Paul and Barnabas, it doesn't say they were really angry with each other. It says their disagreement was so strong because Barnabas absolutely need to take John Mark. Paul, absolutely not taking John Mark. They couldn't resolve the difference. They both felt very strongly. So Barnabas took John Mark and Paul took Silas and they went out and they served the Lord. They didn't let their disagreement cause a problem in their ministry. They went ahead and served the Lord, even though they went in different places. So that's where we get the, sto the background story with John Mark. Now I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We've been walking through the book of Colossians on Sunday mornings for some time. We took a month off while I was out for my surgery, and we had some guest speakers here, uh, but we jumped back in uh, earlier this month, uh, well, last month, and uh, we're in Colossians chapter 4. And we're going to look at just two verses in here. I just want you to see these names and see they're still connected with Paul, and this is where you're going to hear the name Demas for the first time. So, uh, verse 10, would that help you? Uh, Colossians 4.10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, we would call him Jesus out here, 
uh, and uh, they're my fellow workers of, of the kingdom of God. And then uh, look down in verse 14, Luke, the beloved fish, physician, and Demas greet you. All right, do you notice a difference in Paul's attitude toward John Mark? In Acts 15, he said, I am not going to minister with John Mark. But in Colossians chapter 4, he says, Mark, if he comes, uh, welcome him. He's recognizing John Mark as a faithful person, as a faithful worker, and he's appreciating the ministry of John Mark. Now, uh, Demas and John Mark show up another place. Uh, turn over to Philemon. Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, and then Philemon. So it's, Philemon's a short book. It's all, in my Bible, it's all on one page. It depends on how big your print is and how small your pages are. Or if you're looking at your phone screen, it's probably not all on one page. Uh, but in Philemon, uh, we're going to see both John Mark and Demas mentioned. Uh, look in verse 23, toward the end of this letter. This is a personal letter Paul wrote to one individual. Then he says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. So now he's talking about Mark and Demas in the same breath, in the same passage, calling them his Fellow laborers, these are guys who are helping, they're ministering, uh, they're impacting people with the gospel because they're serving and honoring the Lord. But there's one last time that Demas is mentioned in the scripture along with John Mark, and that's in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And 2 Timothy is the last book that Paul wrote that's recorded for us in Scripture. He was approaching the time when he would be put to death for Christ. And so the Apostle Paul was ready for that. He was aware of that. And he writes and he mentions John Mark and he mentions Demas one last time. So in verse 9, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Demas, his fellow laborer, Demas, the one who'd served with him and greeted other churches in, uh, with Paul, Demas has departed from the faith. He loved this present world. When Kathy and I were in Bible college, one of our boys, we, we were over the boys' dorm for a couple of years, uh, my our senior year before we graduated, and then the year after we graduated, uh, we watched over the boys' dorm there at the college. And one of the boys in the boys' dorm uh, left uh, left the ministry, left his wife, uh, left his kids, and chased after money because he got a job that made a lot of money. And apparently, that's what Demas has done here. He loved the things of this world. You know, the Bible says, if you love the things of this world, the love of the Father is not in you. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, it's okay to love some of the things in the world, to love them a little bit, 
like I love tacos. I don't think we'll have tacos in heaven. I think uh, we'll eat, be plant eaters in heaven like we were at the beginning of creation. And maybe we'll have platos tacos. I don't know. But, but we, we, uh, I love beef tacos. And, and, but you know what? We can let our love for the things of this world distract us from following Christ. Now, it's okay to have a little bit of love for the things of this world, like Kathy Bird loves her car. She loves that car. It, that car's done her good. How many miles you got on it now? Oh, on this one. Yeah, you did triple that on your previous one. And, and you know, that's okay. I used to love my motorcycle. I even loved my Harley, although Kathy didn't like it as much. Uh, but I loved it. was a big, loud, noisy thing. And I loved it. Uh, but we have to make sure that we hold the things of the world loosely and we keep them down here. And we don't let them come up here where our heart is focusing on them. That's what Demas did. He loved the things of this world. And so he stopped serving God, stopped following God. I think we'll see Demas in heaven. I hope we'll hear that he came back to the Lord like that Robert Robinson did in the hymn story that Megan shared earlier. I hope that we see that, but we don't won't know that till we get to heaven. Now, Demas has forsaken me, verse 10 says, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Then he mentions some other guys who have gone, but they haven't departed from the faith. They just have moved on to other ministries. Cretans went to Galatia. Titus went to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. I was reading or listening to a sermon. I can't remember why I was reading it or listening to it. And the guy said, yeah, and this is like a desperate cry. I'm stuck with Luke. You gotta help me, man. I, I don't see that in the text, but that's what he said. So only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me in the ministry. Now, we're going to look at some of our natural prejudices that we have. There was a time in his life when the Apostle Paul had full confidence in Demas and no confidence in John Mark. And then there was a time when he had equal confidence in both of them. And then there came a time when he could no longer trust Demas. We have natural prejudices sometimes. So um, uh, I want the first thing I want you to see is that we tend to trust people that we like. We tend to trust people that we like. Now, I, I should have worn a different tie. This tie doesn't have a loop on the back. And uh, when I wear ties that have a loop on the back, you can slide the back part of the tie through the loop on the front of the tie. And then I have this little plastic thing that hooks on this button and this button, and it holds the tie right there. And it's a little plastic thing I can put in there. And you know what? The first time somebody gave me one of those, I threw it away. I thought, well, that, why would I want that? And I just threw it away. I didn't like the guy who gave it to me. And then a few years later, a guy named Ken Indeen gave it to me. 
At the time, he was the president of International Baptist College and Seminary. He would come here and speak a couple times a year. And then now he's uh, the pastor of the church up there in Chandler. So he's not, he's overseeing the college, but he's not directly involved and he's not available to preach in other churches so much. Uh, but Ken and Dean is a good friend. I like Ken and Dean. He gave me one. And I thought, you know, this must be good if Ken and Dean gave it to me. And I started wearing it. And then I said to my wife, I could have had this years ago. But I threw it away because I didn't like the guy who gave it to me. We have a natural prejudice toward people that we like. Sometimes it's because they look like us or talk like us or we're attracted to that. Or, uh, you know, sometimes it's just we, we like them. We enjoy them. They're funny. 20 years ago, they did an experiment with executive teams from corporations and they gathered these executive teams in and they did surveys ahead of time and then they had, I don't know, 18 or 20 different executive teams involved. And what they did was they found out who, the, you know, a CEO is the chief executive officer of a corporation. And so the chief executive officer is the final decision maker. So other people make suggestions, he makes the final decision. And so how it worked was they found out which of the executive teams, sometimes it was the chief operating officer, sometimes it was the chief financial officer, sometimes it was somebody else, the, the head of research and development, R&D, or the head of human resources. Uh, uh, whoever it was that was closest to the CEO, emotionally closer, they had a closer friendship. What they did in this study, they didn't tell anybody except the guy who was closest to the president, to the CEO. They told him, we're giving you the answer and you need to share it, but yours is the wrong answer. And they presented these complex situations and then they had the teams talk it through. And then they had the one guy who was planted in there share, well, I think this is what we should do. And the chief executive officer did it almost every time. He made the decision based on the guy he liked. And it was the wrong decision and they could statistically prove it was the wrong decision. But we're biased toward people we like. And that's why sometimes people will not listen to a message if it's by somebody they don't like. They won't read a book if it's by somebody they don't like. Some people don't trust people who are darker skinned or lighter skinned than they are. Um, some people don't trust people who are substantially taller or shorter than they are uh, or have scars on their face or skin conditions and they don't trust that person. Paul was biased against John Mark because he felt like he couldn't trust him. And he said, John Mark is not trustworthy. And yet later on, what did Paul say? The exact opposite. He's trustworthy. I need him. Bring him. But for a while there, he couldn't get past his natural prejudice because he felt like John Mark had failed him. 
Now, we don't know why John Mark left. Maybe we'll find out in heaven. Maybe in heaven we won't care anymore. But we do know that the Bible doesn't share it with us. So we can speculate. Some suggest it's because uh, Barnabas was no longer leading. Some suggest that he got scared by Paul actually giving a man blindness in the name of Christ. He called blindness upon a guy and it happened and maybe the the spiritual warfare thing scared him. Uh, We don't know. But this we do know. Paul didn't trust him, but Barnabas trusted him enough to go on a mission trip where John Mark was no longer his assistant. He was his partner. It was Barnabas and John Mark going to preach and teach on the island of Cyprus. So uh, whenever possible, try to give people a second chance. Barnabas did, and John Mark benefited, and eventually even Paul benefited because Barnabas gave John Mark a second chance. Second thing is, the future is not just an extension of the past. How many of you know what happened yesterday in your life? Raise your hand if you know what happened yesterday. If you're not raising your hand, you're either stubborn or not paying attention, or you might need help. How many of you know what's going to happen in your life tomorrow? Nobody knows. Nobody on earth knows. You might think you know. Some of you kids might think, I have school tomorrow. My mom's my homeschool teacher. She loves me. Some of you might have uh, jobs tomorrow. Some of you are retired and thinking, what day is tomorrow? But you know what? You, you, have, you don't know what tomorrow's going to be. And so we look at, we have experiences, and sometimes based on these experiences, we think, oh yeah, that's how it is. I had somebody in my neighborhood very derogatorily, you know what I'm trying to say. Somebody who was uh, complaining about people moving into our neighborhood who had darker skin. And he was like, they're going to ruin the neighborhood. You know, not only did they not ruin the neighborhood, but our neighborhood was blessed because he moved away. He was a fussy, biased, prejudiced man. And he was hindering good relationships in the neighborhood. And, and, and just because people looked a little differently. And one of those ladies, she's the, the darkest skinned person in our neighborhood probably, is one of the sweetest, nicest Christian ladies you can meet on planet Earth. And this guy didn't like her because her skin was different than his. Okay, you, you go through the past. Maybe there was some point in his life where he was taught that. Prejudice has to be learned. Kids grow up looking at other kids and they're just kids. They have to be taught prejudice. Uh, but sometimes you think, well, I've had this experience or yeah, we had a Democrat in the White House and this is what happened and I'll never vote for a Democrat again. We had a Republican in the White House and this is what happened. I'll never vote for a Republican again. Uh, You know, you might get to the point where you don't vote for anybody. I think we vote for the least bad. That's the best we can do on planet Earth. Till Jesus rules and reigns on Earth, we vote for the least bad. 
But just because you know what happened in the past does not mean you can accurately predict the future. God allows surprises. Kathy and I enjoy watching sports, and she's into football more than I am at this point. I'm the one who got her hooked on football. In fact, if you, well, I'm going to go on. Uh, and, and, and Kathy loves watching football, and, per, and we, we, she's never played a game, but she watches it. And, and uh, we enjoy it, to sometimes watching together, and sometimes I get disgusted and leave. I have a hard time with refs disagreeing with me. But, but sometimes one team is dominating and one play, now there's a change of momentum and the team that was down comes from behind and wins like the Cardinals did last week. Woo-hoo! Oh, that was great. Um, but when the ministry leadership team offered Megan the job as administrative assistant here, Megan said, well, she can do it, but she's, <laughs> I wrote it down. She's not going to be able to do the tech stuff or make videos. You remember saying that, Megan? Yeah, and those who were on the leadership team back, you remember hearing that, right? Well, guess what's part of Megan's job now? She makes videos and she does tech stuff. Why? COVID happened and her job changed dramatically. And she stepped up and did it. So she's done a lot of that stuff over the last two and a half years, even though she was certain she couldn't do it. And she does an outstanding job with it too. But what we need to do is hold our plans in an open palm because God may come along and say, not that one. Oh, and I'm adding this. You just have to allow God to be God. He's going to be anyway. So just accept it and live with it. And hold your plans out and, and allow God. The future is not an extension of the past. Every day is a new day and a new opportunity. Third thing is that people change every day. People change every day. When adult kids that move out, they think they know their parents well. And they don't realize their parents keep growing and changing. So pretty soon the adult kids have this skewed version of what their parents were like. I know when Gary and Alice had a teenage daughter, Gary was struggling sometimes to interact with Shay, and, and Shay was struggling to interact with Gary. And you know what? She came down to our church, and she found out that her dad and mom had been working with high school kids, and she said, wow, how did God do that? Well, people change and grow, don't they? We make better decisions as we grow and mature. And uh, every day you're losing brain cells. Every day you're adding brain cells. Your skin cells are dying and new ones are forming. The weird thing is your old scars keep growing back. I don't know how that works. But every day you're exposed to new ideas and new thoughts and new opportunities. And you're changing so John Mark changed. He became a solid leader in the early church. He became a faithful partner with Paul, and Paul learned to rely on John Mark in ministry situations. Demas changed too. Demas became more attracted to the things of this world. He wandered away from the work of the Lord. There's no biblical record that he ever came back. Every day we're moving closer to Christ or we're moving away from Christ. We're either on purpose moving toward him or we're drifting away. People 
change every day. Every day you can make a decision that could change the direction of your life. Every day. Number four, people, faithful people, can make poor choices. Faithful people, like Demas, my fellow laborer, faithful people can make poor choices. Now, do we trust Tim Martinez when he spends money to buy things, to fix things around the church? Do we trust him? Yes, we do. We completely trust him. Do we require him to turn in receipts so that we can accurately track the expenses? Yes, we do. Why do we require the receipts? Because we don't trust him? No, because we believe in accountability. And so he brings in the receipts and he writes what it's for and we track it all. I read about a church that had a staff member steal $200,000 over the course of just a couple of years, two or three years time period. And uh, they trusted him so they didn't worry about the receipts. If he said he spent $1,000 there, they said, okay. I mean, Tim Martinez has spent $5,000 for us one time. He bought a jacuzzi for his back room. No, I'm just kidding. If you're sitting over here, over here, you really appreciate what Tim spent the money on. That air conditioner that's sticking up over the wall over there, he put it in. Now, he arranged the purchase and he helped install it for free, by the way, using his skills to help the church. And, and we're blessed because of it but we had receipts and we document uh, because people, good people, faithful people can sometimes make poor choices. You can make poor choices, so you need to establish boundaries in your life, boundaries to protect yourself. Make yourself accountable to people. The best way to avoid bad choices is to be in the right place doing the right thing. Remember King David, at the time when kings went forth to battle, where did King David go? Not to battle. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he saw the wrong thing, and he made wrong choices, and then he compounded those wrong choices with worse choices. Faithful people can make poor choices. Demas had been faithful but departed. John Mark had been unfaithful but became faithful. You can make seriously poor choices. You can also make great choices. Following Christ puts you on the best path for the best choices every time. Number five, showing grace does not ignore sin. Showing grace does not ignore sin. Paul didn't say, well, Demas is no longer serving in the ministry. He didn't say Demas took a leave of absence. He said he had departed from Christ. The truth can sometimes sound harsh, but it's necessary. Truth is truth. So we have to speak truth. The Bible presents real people who sometimes make great choices and who sometimes make poor choices, and then they face the natural consequences of their choices, whether the choices were good or bad. So don't let your natural biases overlook sin. When somebody sins, hold them accountable. 
There's even instruction in the Bible for if the pastor sins, how do you deal with it? Here's the process you use to correct them and restore the church. God forgives sin when we confess and repent, but not if we try and cover it up or ignore it. So Mark and Demas and our natural prejudices, those impact our lives today. Paul had natural biases. Those biases affected how he worked with people and who he chose to partner with and how he led ministry team. And he came to overcome some of those biases and he trusted John Mark. So what are your biases? Will you let them hinder you from serving Christ or will you, like the Apostle Paul, overcome them? How do you view what God's doing now is skewed by your experiences of walking with God to this point? So if you found God faithful, you're going to trust him tomorrow. If you feel like God has failed you, you're going to have trouble trusting him tomorrow. Well, here's the truth. God doesn't fail us, but we sometimes fail him. And if God allows painful, hurtful things in our lives, he's using it to do a greater good work in our hearts. There are no spiritual accidents. God is using it in your life for his good and his glory. And you will someday appreciate how he changed you through that suffering. We're going to talk about that a little more tonight. I hope you can come around at 5 o'clock for our afternoon service. Now, I would rather be like John Mark, who messed up when he was younger and then grew up, than like Demas, who walked away. But you know, you don't have to be like either one. You can be like Paul, who made a decision to follow Christ and then stuck with it through the rest of his life. You can trust and follow Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.